This is Soft Power Radio on KWNK 97.7 LPFM. Today, we are in conversation with Engageante and Najee Jackson and Jerome Silas, organizers with Black Lives Matter Carson City and the Power and Liberation Movement. This past Saturday, August 8th, they organized a peaceful protest in Minden, Nevada to voice their opposition to a July 27th letter from Douglas County Sheriff Daniel Coverly to the Douglas County Public Library Board. The letter is basically a high school style plagiarism of a June 20th message from some state attorneys general to prominent congresspeople. Sheriff Coverly changed a few words here and there to throw teacher off the track, but it's a C minus at best. On July 28th, the library board was to hold a meeting during which they'd discuss a draft of a diversity statement which would include the line, we support Black Lives Matter. The sheriff's letter to the library board ends with this polite statement. Due to your support of Black Lives Matter and the obvious lack of support or trust with the Douglas County Sheriff's Office, please do not feel the need to call 911 for help. I wish you good luck with disturbances and lewd behavior since those are just some of the recent calls my office has assisted you with in the past. Understandably, his thinly veiled threat. If you voice support for a political movement that champions racial justice, you are no longer counted among those to be served and protected. Sparked outrage throughout the community. In clear language, the sheriff said that your rights as a citizen of or public organization within Douglas County are contingent on your political views. If you hold the wrong ones, good luck. He walked it back, he had to, with a handful of broad promises, such as, quote, we shall provide quality, empathetic, responsive, and professional service to the citizens and visitors of our community. We have a responsibility to provide service, leadership, guidance, and protection to our citizens, who in a partnership with us, strive to make our community a safer and more pleasant place to live, end quote. On Saturday, some citizens of, and visitors to, the Minden community, Engageante, Niger, and Jerome among them, gathered on the side of 395 to exercise their constitutional right to free speech and peacefully protest the sheriff's incendiary initial statement. Let's hear from them and determine which of his promises the sheriff kept, to protect or to abandon. We'll also hear some audio from that day. I'm Engageante Jackson, uh, 23 years old, and I'm uh, from Carson City, Nevada. I went to high school in Douglas County um, every every grade, and um, we are part of BLM Carson City, but um, our actual organization is the Power and Liberation Movement, but we hold Black Lives Matter uh, protests. My name's Najee Jackson. I've been in the organization since it started, since the very first week of um, me and Gage have been out there, or Engageante have been out there protesting. My name is Jerome Silas, 26 years old. Um, I'm from Carson City. I pretty much um, got into activism around the time I moved out of, you know, uh, my sister's house at the time, probably around 18 or, or whatnot. You know, I can see where people are coming from, and I felt some type of responsibility to not only help my people um, rebuild ourselves, but also to help other communities understand where we're coming from when we are asking for them to understand our plight and things of that nature. Um, So I was born and raised up until 15 in Long Beach, then coming out here and experiencing uh, similar racisms to what these ladies have, you know, had been experiencing their entire lives and, and to this day. Growing up in Douglas County, um, I just faced a lot of uh, racism, and I've I've been involved in activism since I was young, I guess, just standing up for myself and, um, you know, trying to liberate other black kids in my community. But we've always been activists, I should say, against racism, especially growing up here and in Douglas County. Um, There's been multiple incidences where we've had to meet with the school board or um, gather like a principal's meeting with the principal, vice principal, um, coaches, um, 
parents, meetings of that nature, um, just to talk about racism and not only educate them, but demand changes for what we experienced. Me and Engageante really started just like talking more, reading more books, getting more educated, um, listening to our um, you know, fellow black brothers and sisters and just um, like hearing what they have to say, hearing their experiences and gathering experiences as a whole to understand what the need is in the black community, especially. So we've always been activists against racism, but we've really gone full blown with it now more recently. So we're the power and liberation movement. Um, we came up with that um, a while into getting started into this protesting because we weren't sure if we could operate under BLM. So we um, wanted to create our own nonprofit organization. Um, so we're working on that. But we came up with the Power and Liberation Movement because we want to empower people and we want to liberate our black community. It is definitely an uphill battle. Um, from That's from even finding a, a job that's decent. That's the that's a big issue. Finding a job that's decent that um, people aren't gonna people are gonna accept my resume and just like they're gonna accept somebody else's resume who's not a person of color. Um, dealing with sports, um, dealing with you know just people in general at the store or just coming in contact with people. It's definitely an uphill battle. Getting them to understand what the struggle is. Um, and then furthermore, getting people to participate in fixing the struggle. Um, as far as Douglas County goes, um, I, I would really like to talk about the school systems because I feel like um, if young kids are displaying these acts of racism, then you know what's going on at home. And you know exactly what their parents are saying to them for them to be able to say things like, um, one morning I walked into school in middle school and I was greeted with, Hey, you want some fried chicken and you want some da da da. It's like things like that. Now, how are they hearing stuff like this? It's because they're parents and they have these people who are teaching them and leading them to say and, and act these certain types of ways. And it's accepted by these school, uh, the people who run our schools, you know, they don't condemn the kids for saying these things because they probably do it at home too. So, um, you know, it's just like having to be a black child in the Douglas County school system is not beneficial because um, we don't have many people to represent us um, as a people. You know, there was no, no groups for us. There was no, um, not really a, a enough support for us. Um, we were labeled as aggressive. We were labeled as, angry you know just ghetto even and uh it's just it's just the way these people uh these people out here in douglas and not everybody in douglas but the way most people in douglas think you know is just based on that belief of racism I'm a gangster. I look like a gangster. Has anybody here been racist to you guys today? Come on, man. Just gotta get some things off my chest. Tough times, I hope y'all holding up. We'll be high because we always is. But I'm feeling like this. How many mothers have to cry? How many brothers gotta die? When they're killing mine, they'll try to justify it. Oh, each and every time. Playing in the park, taking you a jog, sitting on the couch in your own house. Never seen a matter what we do. You think we don't matter, but we do. You got a problem, cause the city on fire. But you're quiet when niggas die. Let the soul up out that body that we buried. You were God, now you no longer have to worry It's 
so hard to sing these words out loud All these beautiful, precious black lives Lost in the name of senseless white pride Tears falling from us How many mothers have to cry? How many brothers gotta die? How many more times? How many more times? How many more marches? How many more signs? How many more lives? How many more times? Tell me how can you be quiet? You know the language of the unheard is a riot All we ever see from you is violence You know you ain't no better if you're silent You talking about the city on fire Where your rage when my people die We ain't slaves, let my people fly Now it's time to watch my people rise How many mothers have to cry? How many brothers gotta die? How many more times? That was How Many Times by Trey Songs. You are listening to KWNK 97.7 LPFM, Reno, Nevada. We are talking to Engageante, Niger, and Jerome, three of the organizers of this weekend's protest in Minden. Yeah, so they were on, if you're coming down into 395, they were set up on the left side, but they weren't on 395. They were back in the free speech zone that the free speech zone that, you know, the sheriff decided that there was free speech zones. So you can only use free speech in two zones. And he set up those two zones, one for the counter protesters and one for the Black Lives Matter protesters. So they were in their free speech zone. But we decided that we were going to be on the right hand of um, 395 as you come into town. So as we were setting up on the right side of 395, um, at first we were, we were there when we were fine. We had our sign. There was just about 10 of us at that time. And, um, more of their protesters saw that we were on the right side of the street. So they came out to the left side of 395 and started posting up alongside there. And then they started coming over in groups, groups of like 10, 20, and then like half of them just came over and swarmed and surrounded us with guns. So we were trying to get our stuff out of there. Like immediately we're like, this is not safe. Like we were asking them like, can you guys just go back on your side? Let's have a peaceful day today. Please don't bring violence over here. Like we continued to say that to them and they decided no. People came over yelling, racial slurs were thrown. People were telling us to get out of town, cursing us. Um, So finally we just got picked up our stuff and kept moving to the side, picking up our stuff and moving to the side. So we cleaned up all of our stuff. Our, our whole area was left clean that we originally set up in. We picked up all of our stuff and we packed it up in our cars. And then we just all decided, guys, we're going to march. Like, let's just march. They can't stop us from marching. Let's just march. Then we're not going to be surrounded. And of course, lo and behold, crowd of angry mobsters, a crowd, a mob of people with guns, 1,200 people versus 30 people were following behind us, yelling at us to get out of town, literally trying to drive us out of the town like it was the 60s. It was disgusting. They wanted to shoot. They wanted to kill. They wanted to hurt us. Period. Period. Um, it was a lynch mob is what it was. There was no difference. Or excuse me, there was one difference between that picture that's that's floating around um, from, you know, comparing the 1957 school integration in Arkansas and 
mend in 2020. The only difference is the people in the picture from 1957 didn't have assault rifles. Like, I'ma just be real. And it, it was a pivotal moment for our entire group. And the craziest part about it is, is that that split second decision um, where these, you know, where the ladies said that it was time for us to march, that their decision is pretty much what put us on the map. Because if we hadn't start hadn't start marching, that just the feel wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been able to get the the real feeling of what took place. Because sure, being surrounded was one thing, you know. But after we had got out of the crowd, we thought maybe we was in the clear, you know what I mean? But then, um, we moved to another spot and we surrounded there, and that's where they're like, okay, we'll just march. If we keep moving, then you know they can't surround us but we were wrong we knew we wanted to be there we knew we didn't want to leave we knew that we couldn't really let them drive us out you know to see it in the history books is one thing but to actually experience it is a whole nother thing like you can read it in the history books and feel somewhat of what like and understand what they were going through but you will never understand unless you're in that situation and it's not even like we wanted to march we wanted to be out there protesting but we are marching to make sure that we were like safe and away from that angry crowd of mobsters and uh you know being uh that it's such a, a welcoming town and such a um town that loves everybody and oh they love diversity and they have they have black people there. They have people of color there to be greeted with such hatred and such um, just just violence and harassment was. We were pol we were policed by the citizens of the town and not policed and nowhere near protected by the police officers, the one who took the constitutional oath to defend and protect us, to serve and protect us. There was no police presence for us at all. Multiple oh. things were reported to police and nothing happened. Police witnessed crimes and didn't do anything about it. And police allowed the counter protesters to be the police that day. They couldn't even do their own jobs. They had to call in outside help from other counties. From Carson City Sheriff's, their SWAT team truck had to come in and disperse the crowd. I, I personally am a big supporter of the Second Amendment. I think that it's an important uh, right that we all um, should have, but I do not support the Second Amendment when it is used as a tactic of fear and it is used out of fear. So um, most of these people just came with their guns to scare us and simply because they were afraid too, um, but afraid for the wrong reasons, you know? But um, having multiple uh, clips of ammo, having m multiple guns on them, being re literally ready and prepared for war, um, just uh, that's, the, that's the thing that's troubling to me. Though um, I agree with Jerome, seeing a gun, I feel more at ease seeing a gun than I do if you have it tucked away because I don't know if you're going to pull it or when you're going to pull it, you know. But um, living in Nevada, you know, that's just something that we're kind of used to. Um, but I don't support the second amendment when it's used out of fear and for fear. We've done other marches where the police follow us or escort us to where we're going. When we did our march on Saturday, not no police followed us and escorted us. None. No police followed the crowd of angry mobsters that was behind 30 Black Lives Matter protesters. The Constitution that they love so much, right? The Constitution that, they, that they're protecting in that, in that um, uh, their most favorite document, you know, um, for us not to be able to be here in America where we're from and do that, constantly chanting to us, USA, 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 like it's, we don't know that we're in the USA <laughs> and that we're US citizens. From the ancestors who built this country, working long, hard hours in the sun, for us to not know that, to, to hear that is just outrageous. And um, that's Douglas County for you.
you know we can't just back down and that's that's the importance of it um to show that we do have strength and we won't be run out of town because this is not just your community this is our community this is our state of nevada and this is our nation and this is what's going on around the nation so um i definitely feel like it was a win we didn't cancel the protest we still showed up no matter how many times they tried to harass us they tried to hurt us we we're still out there protesting and that that's a win for me for sure like a david and goliath story huh <laughs> hey it's just that goliath brought all the slingshots to there was a drone following us as we marched. There was a drone in the air as we were just in, standing there peacefully protesting. The drone caught everything. The drone saw the, the vehicle run into the crowd of peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters. The drone saw a counter protester run up and sucker punch one of the Black Lives Matter protesters in the back of the head. So the police, the sheriff's department, witnessed all these cruel acts. The Sheriff's Department witnessed firsthand these violent acts. But when I called to report what happened, they wouldn't accept my statement because they said that a victim or the suspect had to call in. And I said, well, the drone caught everything. You know, the drone was following us. And he said, yeah, but the drone was only there to really like catch any um, like individuals to mark individuals. And I said, so somebody was monitoring the drone, right? He said, yes. And I said, so then you guys witnessed it. And he said, yes, pretty much. He said, yes, but they, they won't release the footage. We pay tax dollars for them to protect and serve us. That is public footage that we have public access to. We don't pay these people to not do what we ask of them to do. When you take that oath, you're there to protect and serve regardless of belief or regardless of what you think about BLM or anti-cop, whatever they say. Um, by the way, we're not anti-cop, we're anti-bad cop, and we're definitely for police when they do their job. But we pay these people to protect and serve. They are public servants. So when they're not out there protecting us, when they're not out there releasing footage that is crucial, to getting people um, in trouble for being violent when they claim that we're violent. Cause you know, we're always, we're always labeled as violent, but not once in Carson City have we had a violent act happen. Not once in Carson City have we rioted or looted. Um, not once has a cop been hurt, but uh, many of our protesters um, have been assaulted and harassed and gotten death threats. And we just feel like you know, what are we paying these people to do then? So at this point, we have to release a FOIA, or we have to we have to file a FOIA, I believe it's called, to get to get that um, that drone footage released. There was some coverage of the protest, varying in quality, as you may expect. This is Reno has released an accurate piece. You can check it out at thisisreno.com. KTVN Channel Two did approach the BLM group soon after they began marching, and conducted an interview with Jerome. One of the two short video clips of this interview that they included in their weekend coverage was probably the only few moments when Jerome was not being yelled down by the angry mob of locals. Incidentally, Jerome is not even talking during this clip, but patiently listening to a man asking him to, quote, not let all that reflect on the rest of us. By all that, he must be referring to the several hundred aggressive, armed, and antagonistic locals chasing the peaceful protesters out of town with violence and hatred. Take a listen. Here is a longer clip of that interview, during which Jerome does his best to clearly articulate the reasons for his protest that day. It's hard to hear him most of the time, as the mob that had surrounded the BLM group continues to whistle, yell, intimidate, and troll. Black Lives Matter movement will have them to not protect you. We want to know how they've been protecting their black citizens. That's the number one question that we have. And uh, we're going to continue to be who we are and do what we do, even when the resistance looks this strong and looks this fierce. You don't win no war by cowering. And it ain't no cowards over here. 
talk to us how important it is for our, for everyone to also include and have inclusive aspects within our community to have and be inclusive as a sheriff's department. Well, And then we want that education to turn into some type of financial stability for not only individuals, but for an entire community that has suffered, uh, uh, you know, gap wages since the time that we were released from slavery. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how does it make you feel to be here today, to be a part of this, to have your right to also voice your opinion. I love it. I love having the right to voice my opinion. I love the people who came from the other side and stood in between us and some of the people who became aggressive from the other side. And one of the things I enjoy the most is just being able to speak up for the young children that can't speak for themselves. Um, I don't necessarily do the yelling up the dead names you know, remembering people who were killed. I'm out here fighting for my living children to show that black lives matter for real. Had to take my jury off of this man. Nah, 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 nah. Had to take my money out my pocket and everything before I even start rapping. Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Just so I get that feel again, you know nah, what I'm saying? Nah, 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 Back to that grind, that hunger. Not like everybody else that. Last shit I dropped was some industry songs I thought was gonna be lit. Now I know if I keep doing that, I ain't gonna be. I can't make that hear from Drake and them The people that relate to me do not relate to Taylor Swift uh -uh. So I apologize for coming to the studio and seeing dollar signs Instead of being real with y'all like how I'm traumatized Happened to JB, hit me so hard it made my mama cry Speaking to my mama, yeah, she still got a lot of time Lost my great granny, we knew she was almost out of time I ain't cut the for nothing, they was out of line Rappers to the feds, have them singing like top dollar sign Ay, I ain't no rapper, I'm an artist Ain't in and out of jail, so I gotta be the smartest Plus I'm seasoned like Laurie's Put the guns down for my passion, now I'm a target Had to pick the guns back up, case they start sparking Real peace, I'm trying to get closer to it I can't find that in money, cause I be blowing through it Free my commissary, going through it Few M's and cash, bet you can't get to know me for it uh -huh. The real side of me, real side. it's a broke me yeah. And the rich me owe him an apology Really, I hit the lottery I did. And instead of being grateful, I just see people winning and let it bother me Kylie made a billion, I'm feeling in life, I gotta be, she younger than me So I'm supposed to have more money logically Then I start thinking like, don't apply to me Kylie Jenner came from millions, I come from poverty Anybody born in the money, they supposed to You was gonna be dead at 20, that's what they told that's you Instead, you got rich now it's time to make sure you don't go back to the OG Now I understand I'm me so I ain't nothing like no other man When they was buying fits and never wearing clothes twice I was at auntie house telling low Give me everything you don't like What I got in common with these other rappers, nothing They make they self feel real by hanging with bummy Pull up to the trenches, take some pictures, let them clutch the blicky That's why I be irritated when I got a I'ma tell you the truth They let get some money, all that other stupid I got got my I got millions in the stoop Trade my mansion for a sale over some car Boy, with you? But let you tell it you quick to blast Gon' flip his Life in prison, no more Only six packs Only calf muscles They tryna make love, they bout to That's funny, but it's true Better grow a brain for it be you Better think for you, tryna be cool Better look for some cameras before you shoot I was that before I had the cash In the club with my deal God told me, son, I'm not sending you to hell Even though I killed whoever caught him when I threw them shit Don't let this go over your head, I wouldn't have told on nobody and I wasn't going to jail Don't let this go over your head, I wasn't telling on nobody and I wasn't going to jail Nah, 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 nah That was I Apologize by T. Grizzly. You are listening to KWNK 97.7 LPFM, Reno, Nevada. 
Today, we are in conversation with some of the organizers of Black Lives Matter Carson City. This past Saturday, August 8th, they led a protest in Minden to voice their opposition to the Douglas County Sheriff's announcement that if you support BLM, the police will no longer protect you. Despite his tepid follow-up statement about making, quote, our community a safer and more pleasant place to live, end quote, his initial threat came to life on Saturday. The police were 100% absent. In fact, just a few blocks away, fist-bumping so-called counter-protesters. As a violent, antagonistic, angry mob converged on the small group of BLM protesters to chase them out of town. My experience yesterday was very uh, traumatic and it was um, it was scary at times. It was um, I, I didn't know what was going to happen next. Um, I feared for my life and I didn't feel protected by the cops because of Dan Coverly's statement. Um, I felt the hatred. Um, I feel like, you know, the term closet racist, uh, it's true. I I feel like a lot of people, you know, we condemn racism in our society because we know how wrong it is, but these people are closet racist and they were able to step out of the closet um, at the protest because they had so uh, much support. So um, I definitely felt just uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for me, but I knew that I couldn't let um, that uncomfortableness and that fear um, eat me enough not to go out and fight for my people and what's right. And for my brothers and sisters that have died, you know, so um, overall, even though I was scared, I felt some sort of like, I felt power because I knew that um one is better than none. So even the small group that we have, we made a big statement and I felt, um, I felt the support of my group. So I knew that somewhat at the end of the day, everything was going to be all right, but I just wasn't sure about coming home safely. We knew that his, the statement that he made, that the, the County was just feeding off of it. And so, you know, as we were marching, we had no protection. He said that he he retracted his statement, right? And said that he would come out for us and he would support the community and not just the people who live in the community, visitors too, right? But then when we go out there and we're met with a crowd of armed militia, how many people does it really take to, if you wanna say control, control a Black Lives Matter protest? Does it take the police? Does it take 1,200 armed militia? Does it take that many people to control 30 Black Lives Matter protesters? At what point do the police step in and have their supporters stop harassing Black Lives Matter protesters? At what point do you draw the line? That's how I was feeling. Like, when, when is enough enough? Don't you want people to feel welcome to come in there in this town? Don't you want people to feel like they can express their first amendment, right? And there were, I, I can't discredit it. There were a few people there who wanted us to be able to say what we needed to say. Yes, there were a few yes, of those absolutely. Yes. I'm glad she mentioned that. Yeah, there, there were a few of those people, but not enough to make us safe because at, at the end of the day, they were turning on each other. So yes, there was fear. There was no understanding. Um, we didn't know if we were going to be shot that day. There, there was violence that happened. And at one point, we had to run. We, we didn't know what was going to happen. We literally had to run and try to get out of there. And you know, it's like I, I was telling um, them and the rest of our team, were you scared yesterday? Did you feel did you feel attacked? Did you feel threatened? Mm-hmm. Did Speak you feel it. like your life was in danger? Speak Were you it. anxious? Speak on it. Well, welcome to being black in America. You know, and I'm not from Douglas County, so um, you know, I don't think that it was as traumatic for me because this is somewhere that these young ladies grew up you know, with some people that they may have run into, may have served somewhere that they was, 
you know, um, working. So I feel like they they went through more when in a sense of um, how things went. For me, um, yesterday, Dan Coverley's statement came to life. You know what I mean? Uh, he said that they wouldn't protect the people who support Black Lives Matter. So um, we didn't really expect to be protected as Black Lives Matter or as a Black Lives Matter protest. Um, definitely tiring, um, definitely depressing. Um, but for me, there's really no love lost. We know this about people. Uh, we know that they're capable of worse than what happened yesterday. So, you know, I take yesterday as a victory, really, because the rest of us, uh, we still got work to do, and we can still do that and as a whole group. You know what I mean? So that's that's pretty much how I'm feeling about yesterday. Black lives matter. Okay, I feel like it was important to be out there because um, we had committed ourselves to it. So when you say you're going to do something, you have to follow through with it. The second thing is um, stand for something or fall for anything. So um, if we don't go out there and stand our ground and show, because um, like I said, one is better than none. So if we don't go out there and um, fight for what's right, then we make our organization look bad because that, uh, that's what we're trying to do at the end of the day is fight for what's right. Um, we totally understood the safety concerns and um, the fear that people had while going out to these protests, but these are the exact examples of what our ancestors went through when having to go to these protests, when they marched to Selma and they marched to um, Mobile, Alabama, you know, it's like, these are the things that they had to go through and they were scared while uh, trying to get slaves uh, freedom. And it's just, these are the things that we cannot um, not do. We Back have down. to do it because our ancestors did it. So, um, you know, I was scared too. I was scared as a woman and as a black woman, and I was scared for my brothers and my sisters, even, you know, our white counter or white counterparts in our protest. Um, I was scared for them too. You know, they were getting, they were getting bashed terribly and but they stood behind us and um we stood behind them so uh, we just knew that uh even if we didn't have a big amount of support we had each other and um that we couldn't not just do this other organizations tried to get us to cancel the protest and tried to tell us that we didn't have certain things in place um, to make sure that the protest went smoothly. And so we put some of those things into place to make sure that it would go smoothly. We took some suggestions and we were told that if we put those things into place that they would stop basically trying to back people out of coming to the protest. Well, um, they still did proceed with trying to back people out of the protest, and obviously it worked. Um, I don't understand what another organization that supports Black Lives Matter and supports what our movement is trying to accomplish. I don't understand what such organization would get out of trying to cancel our protest. I don't understand putting us as organizers and especially the people who support our movement, I don't understand putting them in danger um, because the real danger was in cancel or telling people that it was canceled and allowing us to meet 1200 armed mobsters 
with 30, 30 people. supporters. Like we were really left hanging to dry out there. With all that said, all that negative energy that was thrown our way and just all the negativity in general that we received on that day, we still did prevail and we still did go out and do what we were meant to do on that day. And so at the end of the day, our group talked amongst each other. We got each other pumped up to go to the, we got each other pumped up to go. Like we were like, no, we're going to be good. Like we just, we all got in each other's heads and we're like, guys, this is what we're meant to be doing. That everything is going to go the way it's supposed to go. And we went out there and showed up and showed out. Exactly. Did our thing with we our fists our up, thing. showing black love. For real. For real. Though we didn't have many show up, um, we came out and like my sister said, we prevailed. Because, um, you know, we stood our ground. We went out there and we didn't let fear overtake us. This up black love! This up black love! This up black love! This up black love!
That was Black Parade by Beyonce. You are listening to KWNK 97.7 LPFM, Reno, Nevada. Today, we are talking to Engageante, Niger, and Jerome, organizers with BLM Carson City and the Power and Liberation Movement. I got a few things. One, legislative change is coming, and we are not stopping until we get that legislative change. Um, Number two, community change. You guys are going to accept culture. You guys are going to welcome diversity. And you guys are going to be inclusive. Number three, BLM, Power Power and Liberation Movement, we are not stopping. We are coming full force. And we'll come to any city. We'll come to any community. And we we will promote our presence. And we will be out there and we will be strong. Whether we have one, 12, 30, a thousand. We will be there. We are not scared and we are not backing down for anything. And uh, right you guys, on. Gardnerville, you guys didn't run us out. You guys only made us stronger and um, no secret plans, but I'm sure we'll see Gardnerville. I'm sure we'll see them again. Let's just say they're on the map. Another big thing for me is the kids. Um, Najee, when she uh, was talking about uh, future change, it, it reminded me of that is uh, we got to get these kids educated we got to change the way that their parents have um, raised them to think we're going to implement you know I don't want to say black history because it's American history but we're going to implement more black history into these schools because it's important because American history is much more than slavery in the civil rights movement it's a culture and it's it's everything that they need to learn you know about the experience of being black or a person of color in America and um especially especially these young kids because they are the future they are um going to be the ones that are going to be in our legislative offices and you know our next president and you know our city council members so we want to get them educated and we want to get them to understand diversity and just you know be accepting of of everyone well our mission is to nullify systemic racism we need to end police brutality and implement some more um, diversity into uh, the government and the policing system, especially. Um, we need to get more education for our youth and for people who are in leadership roles. Um, we also want to focus on uh, like legislation right now that is currently taking place with the education, with funding, um, with police reform in general, um, police funding, um, chokeholds, qualified um, immunity, things like that are things that we are very focused on. Environmental sustainability is a big thing for us as well as um, just promoting black culture and black love. Yeah, I agree with my sister. Um, I'm de- I'm very big on um, police reform, um, bridging the gap between uh, policing and our communities, um, education especially, and um, uh, just nullifying systemic racism, like my sister said, you know. Some of the things that we're working on is um, getting rid of that SB 242 and that AB3. Um, those are all have to do with um, police chokeholds and um, the accountability of the police. People don't like this word, but defunding the police, but um, let's just say relocating uh, resources so that we make sure um, our community does have sustainability. You know, Carson City gets 34 million to policing while we're uh, getting less than 300,000 to community support in a culture. We got to promote uh, um, just the understanding of culture and understanding of humans in general. Just to finalize. Our focus is police reform, um, nullifying systemic racism and social inequalities, community outreach, and focusing on the youth and environmental sustainability. Our email is carsoncityactivism at gmail.com. Facebook is BLM, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, dash Carson City. And that's pretty much it for um, the same name as for uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'd like to leave you with one thing. And that is just saying, you know, people who benefit from the status quo always oppose progress.
So I'm going to give you a quote. Those who benefit from the status quo have always opposed progress and have had abundant support from those with fixed minds. But in spite of all persecution, all censorship, truth eventually wins and bitterly opposed ideas of today become the truisms of tomorrow. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody that came out and supported us. Um, thank you to the Brown Berets. Thank you to Jerome Najay, um, our other organizers. I don't know if they would want me to say their name, but thank you to our other organizers. And um, Black Lives Matter, we're not stopping. We're not scared. We're powerful. We came to win. Um, we came for change. And fist up, black love. It's all love. Today, we were in conversation with Engagiante, Niger, and Jerome about this weekend's protest in Minden. BLM Carson City hosts a standing weekly protest at 10 a.m. every Saturday in Carson, right in front of the Nevada State Legislature at 401 South Carson Street. See you there. Thanks for listening. Till next time, this is Soft Power Radio. Yes. It appears so. You don't seem happy about it. Oh, it's just that... Oh, I like it here. I don't want to leave. I just want to ask you some questions about the spaceship. The count is picked up at zero, minus ten seconds. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two...